BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to lightninginsider.com post Colorado game edition. Eric Rollinson here from lightninginsider.com. Much, much different than a couple of nights ago after uh, we had this sort of conversation. Is it not? You know, look, it was a, it, it was a setback, no doubt about it, against the San Jose Sharks. You only get one point out of a game that you led by a score of three to one after one period. But as I tried to say after that game that it's it wasn't all doom and gloom after that game. You're disappointed uh, that you didn't pick up the two points in that game and, and the way that it, it kind of developed. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a situation to where things were falling apart, right? It's, it's, it was an overreaction by many to a embarrassing loss on Monday. Look, that's, there's no way to get around that one with Tampa Bay losing that game in Florida, the manner in which they did, but they responded the right way against San Jose and they responded the right way again tonight against Colorado with a well-deserved and well-earned five, nothing victory. It was not a perfect game by any stretch, but it was a perfect result. And if, if you can kind of, differentiate and, and think behind beyond the two uh, sort of statements there that I made because they weren't perfect in this game you know and Colorado was without Kale McCarr he's he's a difference maker on the back end he's uh, certainly one of the top players in the league let alone defensemen with the way that he can control the game and, and the way that he can work the puck and control the puck and and everything that he can do um, you know, offensively specifically. So that's a big loss. You know, the, the Lightning aren't going to give back the two points because Kale McCarr didn't play. But, you know, he was uh, he was somebody that's uh, huge to that lineup and he was not available for them. So that's a big loss. But, I mean, look, the Lightning went out and some of the small details that, you know, in talking after the game the other night, you know, they were not very good on the power play. Obviously, they went one for six. Their power play face-offs were atrocious in that game. 
Uh, they only won four of them. You know, much different tonight. Um, loved, I mean, I love the way that Sorelli, Hagel, and Kalorn played because they were matched up against the McKinnon line. And with, with some of the injuries that Colorado does have, they've been without Gabriel Landeskog all year. So they're not as deep of, his, of a team offensive. They don't have Nazem Kadri anymore, obviously, uh, after he moved on to Calgary uh, after last season. But they don't have the scoring depth that they've had. You know, I think I saw um, they're 20th in the league in scoring. So, you know, they're right at the, the bottom of the middle of the pack when it comes to goals this year. So if you can find a way to slow down and limit, uh, or in this case, shut down the McKinnon line, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. And that's kind of how this played out, because the Sorelli line was matched up against McKinnon, and not only did they prevent McKinnon from getting on the board, they outscored him 2-0. You know, when, when he, you're, you're tasked with that shutdown mentality and you score twice against that line, that's a pretty good night. That's an excellent night. And I think the first goal by Brandon Hagel, he ended up with two on the night. The first goal he scored, I could watch that time and time and time again. Not because it was a Nikita Kucherov spinning backhand pass highlight real goal. It was a highlight real goal for different reasons. It starts at one end where Colorado almost had a two-on-one opportunity that kind of skittered away. They weren't able to complete it. And Alex Kalorn is able to clear the puck out of the zone. Brandon Hagel gloves it out of the air. Puts it down the ice, just hustles his way up, finds Anthony Sorelli, and Anthony Sorelli is fighting off. Literally, he's got two Colorado players draped on his back, and as Anthony Sorelli can do, just battled through it, found Hagel alone, trailing him in the slot, and bang, it's in the back of the net. Effort, just a pure effort goal. You know, there's different ways we can describe effort goals or gutsy goals. That That's kind of how that went. So we love the, the beautiful goals, the off-the-rush goals, the spinoramas, the perfect one-timers. I could watch that goal over and over and over again just on pure effort alone by those two guys. And, and that's the type of game that both those guys play. They just work, and they went to work tonight because it was it, it was a relatively quiet night for Point Kucherov and Stamkos. Kucherov ended up with an assist. Point did end up with a goal on a busted play for a power play goal. But five on five, they were okay. They they didn't give up much against. I haven't looked at the final numbers, but. You know, they were they were kind of quiet in the offensive zone. And that's okay. 
And this is where we talk about you need more than just your top three or four guys to produce for you. And look, Hagel is producing at that level, but he's not one of your top three forwards. And that's not a knock on him. It's the top three forwards on this team are Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Braden Point. Now, Hagel hit the 20-goal mark this year. So two years in a row, he's hit the 20-goal mark. It's hard to believe he's still under contract for one more year. Woo! But you need more than just your top players to produce. And, and this was a night in which, you know, you got two huge five-on-five goals from your shutdown line who shut down the top line. And even Hagel mentioned it after the game uh, when I had a chance to talk to him. You know, they had a lot of opportunities in the postseason last year because they were tasked with this role for a good portion of the playoffs last year, would spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and would not get the reward for it. So he said it felt good to be able to get it, especially against this team. You know, this wasn't a revenge game. This wasn't a game in which retribution was handed out. Right, you don't get uh, any sort of. Uh, there's no prize at the end of this one, right? After losing in the Stanley Cup Final to Colorado last year, but they they were aware of who they were playing, obviously. But more important, they were aware of how they were going to have to play if they wanted a result out of this game, and they went out and did it for the most part. I thought Andre Vasilevsky was terrific in the second period. And the Avalanche had 15 shots on goal in the middle frame. Wasn't called on a ton. But when called on, he was there. And how about this stat? It had been 85 games since Andre Vasilevsky recorded a regular season shutout. His last shutout, this is hard to believe. Anybody know it before I reveal it? Can you think back? Have you read me? If you read me on Twitter, you know the answer to this already. November of 2021 against the Seattle Kraken. The expansion Seattle Kraken. That was his last shutout. And he's been close a few times. Right? The defense would let him down. There would be a garbage goal scored late. You're worried that that was going to happen again tonight. But it didn't. And you know his teammates felt good that they were able to get him that shutout. Look, everybody knows or, or you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. But he doesn't care about the shutouts. You know how we know he doesn't care about the shoutouts? Because I asked him. His response was, as long as we got the win, I don't care. So when goalies say that the only thing that they care about are wins, it's not just lip service. Stat lines look good. Don't get me wrong. And tonight was his 29th career shutout. And that's going to look good the deeper he gets into his career. 
the more he starts to to accumulate and and knock off the list. But it felt good for his teammates to do that for him because they have let him down on a few occasions this year where he was close to a shutout late in the game in a game that was already decided. And it all it almost did happen tonight. Brandon Hagel was, was he was able to kind of share a laugh about it after the game when um, he kind of lost the puck and fell down. He said, I, I thought I was going to cost him there when I fell on my face, and all I was doing at that point was just keeping my head down and hoping I didn't hear anything. And, and Vasilevsky made that one final save to kind of put the accent on this game and, again, get his first shutout in 85 regular season games. It's a whole a whole game, regular season worth of games between shutouts for Andre Vasilevsky. Um, and they were able to get that job done for him. But this wasn't, you know, I mean, John Cooper even said it after the game. This wasn't a rematch of the Stanley Cup final. This happened to be Colorado, the next team up on their schedule after having lost the previous two games. And in, in, in the manner in which they did, the embarrassing factor in Sunrise, and then you know losing in an overtime after you have a, a two-goal lead in the first period against San Jose. And John, you know, Steven Stamkos, when I asked him in the morning about you know the details of the game. And that's exactly what he said. They knew they had to be better. They've, they've talked about it. They've gone over some tape. And that their details of the game were going to be much better in this one. And they were. Again, not a perfect game. It's it's You can't ever sit here and say you play the perfect game. Especially against a team like Colorado. Who had been... You know, they've been playing well of late. They've had some injury issues... Throughout the year at various times, like I said, Gabe Landeskog has been out all year long. Bo Byram, who's just been plagued by injuries most of his career, the defenseman, first-round draft pick, has just now started to come back. Again, they're missing Darren Helm tonight again. Kale McCarr, as I mentioned. You know, so they've been kind of hovering, you know, right around the wild-card spot. But they'd only had one regulation loss in their previous nine coming in. So they'd been kind of fighting their game a little bit. And the Lightning went out and did what they needed to do to find a way to pick up what in some ways was an important victory. Not not for anything other than how they feel that they have to play. How they feel their game has to be and where their game has to be when it comes to zeroing in on those details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. 
Anthony Sorelli was terrific in the face-off circle tonight. Steven Stamkos was terrific in the face-off circle tonight. You know, they've turned into a pretty decent, for the most part, face-off team. We discussed this a little bit the other night. You know, they were top 10 in the league coming into the game the other night. And, and even with the rough night that Sorelli had in the face-off dot, they were still just above 50% in that game. Tonight, last time I looked, they were over 60%. So those details, Alex Kalorn mentioned, you know, tweaking their neutral zone play just a little bit so that they could kind of take away some of Colorado's speed. And, boy, that worked to perfection in a lot of ways because there were a lot of turnovers the Lightning forced basically between the blue lines. A lot of them. And, you know, mentioned before about the Boston Bruins and how the Bruins play the game, right? The Bruins will force you into turnovers, and then they will kill you with transition. Transition and skill they'll kill you with. And the Lightning kind of have that same type of um, roster, the way they built their roster, right? There's a ton of skill, as we know, on this team. There's There can be impatience, and as we've mentioned before, they have to be patient, in order for them to uh, find ways to don't, you know, you don't beat yourself, right? You have to make sure that you're not beating yourself. In a game like tonight, that's kind of how it played out. They didn't beat themselves. They put themselves into positions to take advantage of turnovers rather than creating the turnovers. And that's how you end up with a 5-0 game. Again, not perfect by any stretch. Not a game in which you can say they played at the top of their game. And, And this is why, just like the other night, I mentioned you can't necessarily look at the result and judge the game. You do have to look at how you got to the result, but there's a bigger picture. There's that process word. And the other night against San Jose, their process was fine. Just didn't get the result, and their special teams let them down. Tonight, their special teams picked them up. Because if you look at the five-on-five numbers, they were pretty even. In fact, it was a slight edge for Colorado in terms of scoring chances and shot attempts and all those type of metrics. Expected goals a little bit higher in Colorado's favor at even strength. So it was a pretty evenly played game in that aspect. But you look at the 5-0 result, and the perception is they dominated this game. They didn't dominate this game. They dominated the scoreboard. And the scoreboard matters. You're judged on results. But when you're 50 games into a season, you, you kind of have to you know, judge how you played just as much as the results. The only time that results ultimately matter are the playoffs. All they ask in the playoffs is, did you win the game? 
And you have to win games to put yourself in position to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you're looking about how you're playing. And I've written this. I've said this. Particularly for teams like Tampa Bay and the situation that they are in. The regular season can be a dress rehearsal. It can be, okay, what are we doing to create the good habits? What are we doing to create uh, instinctual play? What are we doing to create structure? How are we doing that? Are we being repetitive, repetitive enough to make it, as Chief says a lot of times, muscle memory and how you're playing the game? That's what the regular season, and this one has been different because of the changes that they made and, and some of the you know the, the big voids in the lineup from players that have moved on. So it taken it's taken a little bit longer and there's still some stubbornness in their game. I thought San Jose was a you know they played a stubborn style of game. But what are you doing to put yourself in positions to win games? And they did it against San Jose, didn't win it. They did it against Colorado, and they did win it. They took advantage of some opportunities, which happen sometimes. Sometimes goalies steal games. We've certainly seen that plenty of times with uh, number 88 net. Uh, Nick Paul, by the way, did not play in tonight's game. They're listing him as day-to-day with an upper body injury. So Cal Foote was in the lineup. Uh, interesting that Cal Foot, the number of minutes that he played. You know, you wonder right around this time of the year, who's watching, who's in town. Um, you know, those type of situations in, in terms of the trade deadline. I'm not saying anything is happening. I'm not saying anything is imminent by any stretch. But, you know, something to keep an eye on there. Because I, you know, I think the Lightning are going to make some sort of a move. I don't think that's any secret. You know, we saw the Tarasenko move today, St. Louis to the Rangers, sort of an underwhelming return for St. Louis. But they got a first-round draft pick out of the equation. Uh, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that with things uh, moving forward. You know, I, I think at some point. You know, look, they've only been carrying 12 forwards, and it's easy to go 11 and 7, right? They they did it tonight. That's why it was interesting that Cal Foot got more minutes than Zach Bogosian. But you have to feel at some point they, they want to move a defenseman. If nothing else, to free up a roster spot, right? I, I mean, I, I still think they want to get a look at Rudy Balsers, but you can't do that because of how up against the cap they are with the current roster that they have. So we'll have to keep an eye on that moving forward. I know there's been a few names that the Lightning have been linked to. Luke Shen, obviously there's interest. Right-hand shot defenseman, familiar with the team and and what he's able to do. A lot of interest in Luke Shen. Uh, Ivan Barbashov from St. Louis has been uh, linked to this team. And by the way, St. Louis had a scout in the building tonight. Uh, Sam Lafferty from Chicago they've been linked to a little bit. Jake McCabe has been brought up. 
defenseman now playing in Chicago. Remember Jake McCabe? He was the one that Mikhail Sergachev got fired up against New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. But we'll just keep an eye on that moving forward. But again, a, a clean, not a clean, a not a perfect game, but a perfect result for Tampa Bay tonight as they do knock off the Colorado Avalanche. They're back in action on Saturday. That is a 1 p.m. start. That's on ABC. If you're going to watch it, of course, if you want to listen to it on Lightning Radio with Dave Michigan, me and Chief will have the pregame skate show at noon on Saturday. So noon is the pregame skate show. Uh, 102.5, the Strike HD Channel 2, for those of you who have HD-capable radios and streaming Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning app. Download the new official Lightning app. You can listen to us there, um, uh, the Google Play Store, or via the Apple App Store. You can find it there. Again, you don't subscribe to my website. Use the code PODCAST when you do sign up. $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription. So again, podcast is that code and uh, enjoy the victory. It doesn't get any easier on Saturday against the Dallas Stars. I watched that game uh, against the Wild and boy, they look good. They got one of the better goalies in the league who's going to be in the Vezina conversation and Jake Ottinger, Jamie Benn is having a revitalized year. Uh, Jason Robertson is having an MVP type of year. They got Rupe Hintz. They got a terrific young defenseman, Wyatt Johnston. Um, you know, obviously Miro Haskin on the back end. They get a really good defense. They're they're a team to be reckoned with, and uh, that's not going to be an easy game uh, again on Monday. And then there'll be a rematch against the Avalanche in Denver on Tuesday on Valentine's night. Um, so that's the schedule coming up. Uh, I'll be back again after Saturday's game with a quick recap and some thoughts on it. And until then, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.